Welcome to another episode of Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Let's get to the show. Another episode. This week we're talking about her, uh, Josh, buddy, Joshua, huh. you're snoring, man. We're trying to get this podcast going, buddy. Was I? Yeah, you were. Oh. You doing uh, all right? Yeah, just, uh, you know, new baby syndrome. New baby syndrome? I got yeah. it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I get it, but uh, we need you to stay awake for this one, buddy. Me, 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 me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, welcome back. Um, we were just having a little fun. As you guys knew from the last couple of podcasts i uh, had a baby on the way and now it's in the way no <laughs> now it's in the way he's here uh no um all joking aside with the snoring and stuff like that i have an amazing wife and and we've been able to balance things really well and she's been knowing that i've been you know had a lot of work going on this last week and weekend she allowed me to have the benefit of sleep so i'm not as tired obviously as she probably is um but she is a trooper and a champ yes she is i do find it funny though that you uh that you wanted to open up with the snoring yeah and then you felt so guilty about it like you're Dude, like, you're I like felt, oh, this is a farce I man felt so I'm, guilty i'm lying to them i felt so guilty i was like <laughs> i can't even pretend this um but yet you still want to commit now, to it now i will say this though there is some truth to the tiredness. Life has been busy. I'm, you know, getting up early, staying up late, that kind of thing. Um, so sleep has been less to the point that I did start drinking Red Bulls again. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't say that there's not any more tiredness, but I'm supplementing it a little bit. So, you know, it helps. All right. But anyway, so yeah, so baby's here. He's healthy. Um, you know, and honestly, so far, we are eight days in, and he is not a real fussy baby, which is pretty awesome, I got to say. Um, you know, I've seen some that just cry like crazy, but really, you know, we haven't had those kind of episodes yet, and uh, just a couple times where he's been a little upset, but we were able to fix it real quick, and he's a happy baby again. So, whiskey on the gums really works, yeah? Yeah, well, <laughs> wait, you're only supposed to put it on the gums? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no no he's been really good um but yeah so he's been great he's been a pleasure to hold i i uh couldn't get away with doing it again today today yeah nathan tried to kidnap's not the right word <laughs> his smuggle he tried yeah. to smuggle him up to the podcast room and um i told nathan no that he would not be able to poke focus and pay attention to the podcast because like the last episode we talked about how linear wise i don't tell stories very well they're yeah. jumbled and all over the place and then i want to hold this adorable baby and like i'll be fine yeah, yeah i think absolutely. i'd throw the mic over to you and you'd be like wait what did you say <laughs> <laughs> but no so um guys as y'all know we are wrapping up a four-part series today that we started four weeks ago um and we've talked about identity. We've talked about how your identity in Christ leads to godly character. We talk about how the relationships that you hold can influence you. And then today we are going to talk about how perfect you have to be in order to find purpose. Yep. Only perfect oh, people wait. find purpose. No, that's not right. No. So yeah. we're going to talk about our purpose as Christians. And um, ultimately... That's what we're going to go with. So first, I just want to throw it over to you, Nate, and say, what are your thoughts on purpose? My thoughts on purpose. So I've always struggled with understanding what my purpose is. That's, that's always seemed like this unachievable, bigger than me. And it really is. But And we'll get into that more in a little bit. But it's really kind of paralyzed me at times trying to figure out what my purpose in life is because you know as i get older it's that's going to be times i'm going to be spending time trying to figure out what my purpose is and yeah. it's like do i 
what if I spend all the, all these upcoming years trying to figure out what my purpose is and I, and I, and I strike wrong, you know, yeah. I, I, I move left when, when I should have moved right. And then I'm, I've wasted all these years of, of not looking for my purpose where I should have been. Well, and I think that's interesting that you say all that because then when you continue to search for those things and you worry about those things, it causes things like worry, anxiety, depression, you know, all these simple things. Not, I'm sorry, all of these complex emotions that mm-hmm. you feel regarding the fact that you don't know that you're fulfilling your purpose. And I think, and we'll get into this as we talk today, but I think we tend to overcomplicate as Christians what our purpose is. And that's what I really kind of want to dive into today. Um, I do think the Bible tells us that our purpose is really simple. And if we can focus on that purpose, then we can have everything else kind of fall in line. Yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're not searching for something, then you're basically doing nothing. And if you're doing nothing, then, then God's just not really able to steer you in any particular direction. Um, I was looking I was looking at the story of David and he's, he's a guy that seemed to have had purpose. Um, not speaking because of what we know and what was right, what was written in the Bible rather from in the moment perspective. Like I was imagining when David first said, uh, for you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. That's Psalm 63, seven, uh, David basically saw the way a baby bird sees its mom covered by her wing and protected. You can only feel that way if you're seeking him through his word and or prayer, yeah. you know, and, and David knew that. And he, I mean, these guys were young, right? I mean, he was probably in his twenties at the time, maybe. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I would imagine, I would imagine it's pretty young at the time. And, and he already had that kind of wisdom, which, which meant that, he had a personal relationship with God. Well, he had that kind of wisdom and he, he had that kind of faith, uh, that kind of faith really from a young age. Cause you remember even, you know, in the battle when he was 12 years old, when the armies didn't want to face Goliath and yet Goliath was calling them out and you know, the, nobody wanted to go fight him. And David said, well, I'll go at the age of 12 when he, yeah. all he was there to do was check on his brothers who were fighting in the war. Right. You know, his father sent him and David said, I'll go fight Goliath. And they give him all this armor and it's heavy. And he says, no, I don't need that. And he goes and gets a sling and a stone. And a lot of times we look at that story. Um, this might be diverting a little bit from purpose, but we look, we look at that story a lot of times and we say, you know, we, we relate that to the world and we put ourselves as David versus Goliath in a lot of our situations. But I think one of the really interesting ways that I've heard that put recently is that the David in the story is actually reflecting Jesus conquering the world and conquering sin and laying his life down so that we don't have to be scared or have to walk in sin. Um, And I thought that was a really interesting perspective of that. But back to the story of purpose, David understood in the moment that God's on my side that his will will be done. I'm going to proceed forward in faith that God's going to protect me. Yeah. He, he found himself in a particular situation where there was a particular need and he wasn't sure if he was able to fill that need, but he knew he was there and that if he was able to, he would. So he stepped, I mean, it kind of, it's not as grandiose, but it makes me think about like uh, coaching this, yeah. you know, this year or this, this season when I was helping out with Hannah's, soccer team like Mm -hmm. i have no soccer coaching experience whatsoever you know when we play fifa together i'm often questioning how is i offsides i don't understand this and and you're constantly giving me tips and pointers and and talking to me about this sport that i still haven't learned yet and we got an email before the season started i talked about this already but i'll just bring it up real quick and say uh in the email basically it sounded like if they didn't get a coach that they were not going to be able to release the roster and the kids were not going to be able to play. And so I didn't think that I would become a coach, but I said, if I can do anything to help 
please let me know. My daughter would be very disappointed if she didn't get to play. And the next day I got, you know, an email saying, Hey, we'd like you to be an assistant coach. Yeah. So I, I was scared in that moment because I was just like, nobody's going to believe me. This I'm going to, I'm going to have to fake it till I make it. I'm going to have imposter syndrome, but I did already say, if you need help, I'll be there and I'll do it. And, and so I stepped up in the same way that I feel that David did in that moment. You know? Yeah. So what I'm going to transition that then to doing, and, and this isn't going to be, I don't think a super, you know, this is really deep revelation type of podcast, but I think it's, it's still very, very relevant. So basically what you said about stepping up and, and doing what you said you were going to do, our purpose as Christians in this life is in my opinion, really, really, really simple. And it was narrowed down into two words that Jesus said to almost every single disciple. And I've said this in almost every podcast, follow me. Ultimately, we are to follow God. And what does that mean to follow him? That means you're going to do his commandments. That means that in all that you do, if you abide by his commandments, which is following him, you will be glorifying him. And simply our purpose as Christians in this life is to glorify Christ. And if we're doing that, we're set apart from the world, which then allows us to, like we've said previously, be exalted and also be a beacon of light to the world so that they can then also see hope. So if we talk about following him, we can look at simple things that we even go back all the way to the very beginning in Genesis. So in Genesis, God created Adam and he, after he had created the garden, the waters, the land, the sea, everything, God creates Adam and then he says, what does he say to Adam in the garden? He doesn't say, hey, just go chill, hang out, do stuff, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, go sit by the river, watch it. What does he tell Adam to do? Name the animals. And that's a job. Right. A task. It's a task. God told Adam to work. Yeah. That was the first commandment. Work. And so it, he didn't say work in this high profile job. He didn't say, you know, work in this, you know, work in a job that you're necessarily happy in. Working a job that, but, but what we are supposed to do is work and be glorifying him in what we do. So if we're always going in with a good attitude, we're always working the hardest we can work at the job, no matter whether we're like it in that moment or not, we're going to glorify God. Then the next commandment that he says in the Bible is be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. That's another part of our purpose. Another part of our purpose in glorifying God is actually joining our wife to becoming one and then creating another being that's in our likeness and in God's image. So long story short in all of this that I'm saying is that if we follow God, then everything that we do in everything that we do we glorify him, we are fulfilling our purpose. And we just have, it's not always easy. You know, there's times like you were saying, you know, and I think that's where the world creeps in. There's times where you're like, okay, well, if I do this job, is it the right choice for me? Is it the right choice for my family? You know, if I do this, if I do that, you know, and, and God presents us with opportunities, the world presents us with opportunities, but if we literally just everything that we do have a character of God, keep the relationships we're supposed to keep, and we have our identity in Christ, we will fulfill that purpose of glorifying him no matter what we do in this life. So our purpose isn't what we do. Our purpose is who we do it for. Right. Yeah, so how do you know if you... I was thinking about how do you know if you're, if you are living with purpose or not? Like, and I came up with a couple of things. That's different. 
Ooh, that's heavy. I like that. Living with purpose as opposed to what is my purpose. Yeah. So we've attacked what is our purpose. Our purpose is to glorify God in all that we do. Yeah. So now that's really good. Let's let's look at how am I living with purpose. So I've got a, a couple things as far as how you know you're not living with purpose or not likely living with purpose. Uh, number one that I came up with is... Well, not, I. I was reading a, a couple different articles, so I had some help. But if you're blatantly living in sin, you're probably not living with purpose. Uh, the second one is you lack joy and excitement. In Galatians 5.22, it says, but God's spirit causes us to live in a different way. We love other people. We are happy and we have peace in our minds. We are patient, kind, and good. People can trust us to do what is right. Life is difficult. It's easy to get discouraged and downhearted. This is why our relationship with Christ is important. If we really have ourselves to focus on, we will fail. In Desiring God, a book by John Piper, he says, the pursuit of uh, hold on. the pursuit of joy in God is not optional. It's not an extra that a person might grow into after he comes to faith. And then the third thought that I came up with is if you don't feel much fulfillment in life, uh, does your, does your job match your skills and your, and your passions? Are you going in, uh, and receiving in, hold on. Are you giving and receiving in your relationship? So in, in your job, are you, are you tapping into your skills and your passions? And in your relationship, are you not just receiving, but giving as well? You know, because if you're not, then then all these things kind of add up to if the answer is no, you're probably not living with your purpose. And the only thing I'm going to change in what you've said there is I want to change living in purpose to just a godly purpose. Right. Because there are things that we do in purpose in the world, because uh, the definition of purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So, yeah, I'm definitely talking from a godly perspective. Right. So I, I just I'm wanted to, I just yeah. wanted to clarify that. Um, and and the one thing I want to hit about on the job part of what you said is this: we are not big picture people, just in general. The mm -hmm. general person is not big picture people. We have hard time predicting the future seeing the future, knowing what our future holds. And therefore we have a hard time trusting God sometimes in that. So you may be in a job currently that you're not feeling fulfilled in, but if you continue to have your identity in Christ, your good godly character, the relationships that you uphold, and you continue to be that beacon of light, which God wants us to be, there can be, a reason that you do not know that you're in this per job for there could be a purpose for it that you may not see in the moment. Um, I think it was actually pastor Jody who was talking about one of the jobs that he worked, um, when he worked for a little newspaper in Denver, right. Passing out papers and stuff like that. And he said, you know, he, he did all these things. He was you know, got, this was after he was a new Christian he was, you know, he represented the character, everything. He worked hard, but he had this boss that just did not like him for some reason. And he was there for 12 years and the, he never could figure it out. Well, finally, towards the end of it, he was actually able to lead this guy to Christ. And I believe he even spoke at his funeral. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yes, that's correct. In front of everybody. And he was, yeah. he was the main right. host. And it, and it surprised everybody that Jody was now the person speaking at this guy's funeral. Right. And it was an incredible story. So it's, I, I don't want to throw, he you know, I, a lot of people led, were led to salvation. Right. That. Right. And so even if you are in a situation right now where maybe you don't see how God is working, you don't understand it, continue to give the godly attributes and God will show you at some point. He will reveal it. Yeah. Had, had Jody had, 
any point been like, you know what? This is dumb. I'm out of here. And just taken off. Yeah. That and guy may not have been saved. He, he may not have been saved. And Along then all with others. other people that were at the funeral that, that heard the good word and, mm-hmm. and decided, yeah, that's, that's sign me up. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So sometimes you've got to, you got to go through it. You got to, you got to, you got to trust God and you got to, and the only way you can really trust God, and I'm going to get to this part is, is through prayer mm-hmm. and the Bible, because the Bible is his written word to us. Like right. his Bible is probably the uh, clearest way that we're going to hear what he has in store for our life. Right. And, and one of, you know, I, I stated earlier that following him, right. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. That ultimately that's our purpose and by following him, we follow his commandments. Well, one of his commandments then was to go out and make disciples of men. And so using the story of Jody, living the life, the godly life that he knew he was supposed to be living, ended up being fruitful, even though it didn't feel that way for 12 years. It ended up being very fruitful in the sense that he was able to make disciples of men out of that out of that tree that felt fruitless. Yeah. Jody's story is a lot like the story of the Israelites. If you think about it, right? Like they're wandering throughout through the desert for 40 years and they, they knew what they were wandering for. They weren't aimlessly wandering. They, they had a goal in mind, but it was just going to take them forever to get there. Yeah. And I think in the same way, Jody kind of knew that there was an end goal. He didn't understand it completely. But he but, trusted God. But he trusted God and he kept going through it. And so he spent his 40 years, so to speak, at this job, you know, where where it was just like, okay, I feel like I'm wandering. I don't fully understand what it is that I'm doing out here or, or why we're out here. But but all right, let's let's do this. Let's figure this out. The difference in that story, though, and Jody, when you listen to this, please correct me if uh, I'm wrong in this, is that the Israelites, part of the reason why they were in the desert for 40 years was because they would trust God and then something would go awry or, you know, they, they wouldn't have uh, food for a couple days and they'd be like, Oh, Moses, why did you take us out of the hand of the Egyptians? We had everything we wanted there. It may not be an exact comparison, but it brought it to mind. So Jody, (laughs) did you complain over those 12 years? That's what I want to (laughs) know. But I was gonna, I was gonna jump from from the Israelites to J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote, "Not all who wander are lost," and and that got me thinking. Even though you feel like you're wandering without any true purpose, that doesn't mean you're lost. You can regain your sense of purpose and discover what God has for your life. And that got me thinking about six ways to to realize that you're living for God's purpose. Only on this podcast will you relate. The Hobbit in the Lord of the Rings trilogy <laughs> to Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, Tolkien was but a good man. There's uh, there's definitely some nuggets in there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess I'll just go over the six ways that I that I figured to discover God's purpose in your life. One is to go to God in prayer. And James one five. If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously without reproach and it will be given to him. You know, God wants to give us purpose and bestow divine wisdom on us. So we need to ask God for purpose and expect him to give it to us. Right. Um, just to add Jeremiah one five in there, we've also quoted this a few times throughout this series, but Jeremiah one five says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now he's obviously in Jeremiah specifically talking about Jeremiah, but he does that for all of us. We all have a purpose in Christ. Once we accept him, that is to follow him and to be a prophet to the nations, to disciple and to share his word. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to look at your life, Knowing your purpose in Christ, being that I have my identity in Christ, I have my character that I've been building through my relationship with Christ, 
I keep good relationships. And now I understand that my purpose is to live that way, no matter what I'm doing. I believe that we will only be fruitful in everything that we do. It may not seem it in the moment and we may be blind to it, but that's where faith and trust in God come in. But like you're saying about uh, being called to speak God's word, right? Like how do we speak God's word? We've, we've got to, which was my second point, And I was about to get into is we got to dig into God's word, you know, cause like, like I said earlier, and I said, I come back to it. The Bible is God's primary way of speaking to us. The Bible won't tell us what to become, but you'll begin to see God's heart. Uh, Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp until my feet and a light to my path. Uh, in the, in the Bible, you learn how to live wisely in God's word, which is the first step to finding your purpose. Yeah. Um, yes. Living wisely. And I'm sure one of your next four are also going to be prayer. Yeah. I um, got that in there. Yeah. I figured, I figured it was going to be a part of it, yeah. but I just want to, you know, if you're ha- in trouble, <clears throat> understanding the Bible because parts of it are confusing. Mm-hmm. If you're having trouble just understanding God, understanding who you are in God, just talk to him. It's like you if know? you're having trouble understanding your spouse, right? Like right. how are you going to resolve that? Right. You, you can't just stick with that problem. You got to communicate. Yeah. You got to communicate. You got to bring it up. Yeah. And so, so just sit down, ask yourself, say, say, God, you know, I, I want to understand this. I want to be closer to you. If you're, if you don't, you know, if you're not even in a relationship with God or Jesus right now, just simply say, help me understand, you know, help, help me, help point me to where I need to be pointed. Um, he listens to us all. And how do we know that he listens to us all? You don't, unless you pray yeah. and then you wait and see the answer. And I'm not saying the answer is always yes, but, you know, he'll let you know the answer. I'm in this story is still yet to come, but the story of my son is one of prayer that was goosebumps. When, when you sit down and hear this little story about just what took place, you know, the, the night that my son was conceived for the first time ever in my, in my wife's life, we sat on the end of the bed ready to have sex and said, let's say a prayer first. Yeah. And then six weeks later, we were, we knew we were pregnant. Man, I love that. It's crazy, dude. Like, like you can, nobody can ever tell me that God doesn't listen to prayer after I've experienced those things. And so if you just don't know what you're going through, just, and, and before you've even, you know, if you don't even know how to read the Bible, go to God in prayer. Say, God, help me understand. Help me understand how to read this, help me understand what I'm doing, what your plan is for me. Ask for guidance and God will give it to you. Yeah. Very well said, brother. So I was also thinking that a good way of finding our purpose is to determine our gifts and our strengths. Like, are you good at electronics, business, sports? God's purpose for you probably involves what you're already good at, you know? It's, uh, determine your passions, you know, where, where do you gifts meet your passions? There may be God's purpose for you is God's purpose for you may show through what you're already good at. More than likely you're, you're more likely to show through what you're good at. Um, because you naturally enjoy being good at that. Right. You know, so when you can do that with a jubilant heart, it makes it easier to push God's character forward. Cause you're not so focused on what you're doing. You're not, yeah. you're not dreading it. It's just, it's natural to you. So you're not even thinking twice about it. So you've right. got, you're able to think about other things around you. Right. And again, we're not saying if you're not happy in your job, go out and quit your job tomorrow. No, 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 no. We're not saying that at all. But we are, what we are saying is, you know, continue, continue to live a godly character where you are. And if God presents an opportunity for you to use your gifts, use them. Yeah, and figure out like if you are trying to find joy in the job that you're in, even if, even if it's 
Yeah, because that's part of it too. Maybe Painful. you did. Maybe you did have a bad experience with a boss or with a coworker, and you're just having trouble finding joy. Are you being the hindrance to that? Right. You know, are you are you so focused on that, which is what making it not joyful, which is then truly, if you're putting that as an obstacle in the way of God, you're idolizing it. You're putting that before you're putting God. You're not trusting him to remove that from you. When, and you're also, you, even if you're reading God's word, you're missing what he's saying to you, most likely. Because yeah. you're you're so caught up in, in woe is me, so to mm-hmm. speak. You know, even if you're praying, you're not hearing what he's saying to you because you're already screaming in the top in, inside your head that it's not fair. Yeah. My, my daughter loves to say that all the time. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. She's got the greatest eye roll too. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to take my shower for the, uh, you want me to be the first to take my shower tonight. Like, like last night. It's not fair. You want me to take my shower second. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah. So you stop, stop with it. It's not fair. Um, but then, then we're, we're closing up here with the five and six on these points of, of what I, what I saw to bring purpose into your life. You want to bring others into your life. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there's no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Simply put, one of the ways God will help you find your purpose is through others. Trust in the people that you, that, that are already in your corner and also seeking God's wisdom. I think that's also an important caveat to put in there. Like not just the people that are currently around you, they may not all be the best intended for you, but, yeah. but I think it's really interesting because we've go to this group at church called base camp and you know, it's a, it's a men's Bible study group and it is really awesome just to be in fellowship with those guys. And one of the things that, you know, anytime you start really just diving into the Bible more and you're starting to follow God's word more, you start feeling like, um, you know, how can I hold this in? You know, I need to share this. That's part of what, why we started this podcast was because, you know, yourself, I'm going to speak for myself. I, I believe I can speak for you too, but you know, I was falling short of that. Yeah. I was falling short of being that person that sat there and shared the gospel and talked about Christ. But the more that you just stick in it, the more that you live in it, the harder it becomes to not talk about it. Right. And I see so many brothers that like, it, it's no coincidence that the more that you're in the Bible, you see people say, man, should I consider seminary? You know, it's like, there's yeah. a couple people now that I've talked to through, through I'm the, the an expert at Bible well, reading. Well, that's not that it's not being an expert at it. It's about wanting to become an expert at it. Yeah. Right. It's like you're you're getting so filled by the word. You're getting so filled by your relationships. You're getting so filled by God that you just want more and you want more and you want to share more mm-hmm. so much to the point that you want to learn more so you can share more. And it's like, you know, should I go into seminary? You know, I, and I'm not going to lie. I've had that thought before at times in my life. You mm-hmm. wanted to be a youth yeah. pastor at one point. Like we've all, I think, kind of been there in our relationships with Christ and then at times we stray away from it and it's like, but man, it's awesome when you're living in it. And then you actually start discipleship and you actually start seeing people get changed, seeing their life get changed. It changes you. You know, I've had the fortunate opportunity in KOZ to teach a few lessons where I've got to see boys get baptized afterwards. And there's no greater feeling, man, than just being like that kid's saved now. Mm-hmm. Like, like he has God with him. He has the spirit with him, you know, and, and now he's another one of the family, you know, and, or she, you know, but in this circumstance, it's he for me, mm-hmm. but it, dude, it's, it's just awesome. And, and you, sometimes you have to fight back those feelings of thinking, you know, that pat on the back feeling, you know, oh, you know, I taught a good lesson. Someone got saved and that's our ego sometimes gets in the way. But when you just step back and look, look at it, you're just like, dude, somebody just got saved and that's awesome. And that's why we're called to follow him and to follow his commandments 
and make disciples. Yeah. So at the beginning of this, you had stated that you're not, you weren't really, you're not, you're not sleep deprived, but you have found yourself busy in this stage of life. Right. And just, just extremely busy, like, like all over the place. Yes. Correct. So let me ask you this. How often in your life do you find time just to be in solitude, be completely by yourself? Well, that's a little bit of a trick question for me currently because some of the side hustles that I'm doing to keep keep us going during this financial season, I'm actually by myself a lot. Um, so one of the... So, so my answer to that question is a lot, and I'm not sure what your follow-up is going to be. So if I answer that right here, that's the answer. Okay. But uh, one of the most productive things I've seen, and when I stray away from it, it's very noticeable to me, is that when I'm in those times of solitude, a lot of times it's in the car. Mm-hmm. I'm literally having Christian sermons, Christian podcasts, Christian music, those kind of things on. And man, I just feel fueled. Um, I feel energized. I feel like I'm learning constantly about Christ and then I'll take a break and I'll be like, okay, let me listen to some fantasy football podcasts for a little bit. You know, let me, you know, do this. I'll turn the country music back on and I'm, I'm not hitting on any of that, but I'm saying when you, when you exclusively do that, I do notice that when I'm driving around, I get a little more angry at the cars that cut me off. Mm -hmm. You know, I get a little more. You know, just in, uh, intentional with my anger or just frustrations, I should say. And it's it's just really interesting that, to notice that about myself. And it's like, okay, so, you know, you can have a little bit of the, the fantasy football, a little bit of the country music, a little bit of that, but don't take away the other stuff. Because when you take that away, you're just putting both feet in the world and you're not keeping yourself grounded in Christ. So it sounds like you've, you have answered my question and and you have jumped ahead to where I was going to go, but you, it sounds like when you're, you know, for you, it's in a car driving around and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like in these moments, you're, you're pondering, uh, yeah, you're, you're pondering, you're asking God for direction and you're listening like what Hebrews 11, six instructs us, unless we trust God is impossible for us to make God happy. So anyone who comes to God must believe that God is there. They must also believe that God helps everyone who wants to know him. Mm-hmm. So mainly through, uh, mainly though, of all those points I came up with, just trust God. Finding your purpose can be a stressful, overwhelming thing. It seems a bit confusing and frustrating. Like me, you want to move forward, but don't know how. You want purpose without feeling like you're aimlessly wandering. Trust God to lead you where he wants you to go. Like in Psalm 23, 3, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. God isn't, God isn't confused. Even if we are is kind of what I'm, what I've been getting at. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not always easy to trust him in those moments, you know, and, and, you know, we, like I said, we as people aren't always big picture people. Right. And a lot of times where we fall short in that is that we do lose that trust. We do lose that, that faith that God has a plan that we don't always see. And a lot of times that leads to different things like anxiety in the moment of what we are feeling and going through yeah, because we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it leads to, you know, depressive feelings. It can just lead to all sorts of different avenues where if we really would just lean back on Christ and lean back on God and say, God, I don't understand, but I'm trusting you. God would reveal his plan to us. Um, for example, Back in 2019, uh, my wife and I were planning to move to Tennessee. Yeah. And we had our money saved. Uh, as soon as our lease was up, we were going to go. That was our plan. 
Um, we didn't have a kid at the time. Right. We did have family that we love to be around, but you know, it's like, okay, well, my wife is from a area of the country that has four seasons and I live in Texas, which has two, maybe, <laughs> um, <laughs> if we're lucky, so, if we're lucky. And so it's we're still like, waiting on that second one. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, it is like, okay, let's, you know, let's get back to four seasons, you know, um, it, we can always travel to visit. People can always travel to visit us, all that kind of stuff. Well, then trying to help somebody, trying to do a good godly Christian thing. Somebody's car was broken down. Long story short, I end up with a broken arm, dislocated wrist. Cause you tried to catch a car. I tried to catch a car, <laughs> but what happened there was, you know, all our funds now are gone. We're not moving to Tennessee. We're staying back. Had I gone forward with moving to Tennessee <clears throat> in that moment, the town we were moving to a month after we would have moved there had two tornadoes ripped through it. And then a few months later, COVID-19 hit. Mm -hmm. And then another circumstance happened, which I don't remember right now, but basically all of these things would have happened while we were away from all of our family. And what ended up happening on the backside of that was we ended up getting a house that we bought and we got a closer relationship with my sister and brother-in-law because we were living six minutes away. And then I stupidly helped them buy a house 17 <laughs> minutes away this year. Uh, but no, I mean, we got closer to family. We got closer to each other through the process. And ultimately, we sat down, li literally, the, the day I got home from the hospital, my wife and I sat on the floor and again, it's prayer. We're going to go right back to it. We sat down on the floor of our living room, held hands, and just prayed, God, we don't understand. We, we had this plan, and we don't understand what your plan is and why this was taken away, but we're trusting you. And our, our motto from that point on was let go and let God. And... It just made amazing things happen in our lives, you know, and, and that's why I say so much. If you're having trouble understanding who you are, where you are, why you're there, pray, just go to God in prayer and say, God, you know, I, I don't understand. Yeah. Help me understand. And he'll answer you it may take a little time, but he'll answer you. So you were asking about my purpose at the beginning of this as well. Right. Yeah. And for, uh, man, it's been maybe nine years now that I've been stay at home. No, it's been 10, 10, 11 years. No, your, your youngest daughter is eight, eight. That's when you became so a stay. Yeah. Okay. So it's been, eight, it's been eight years. Since hey, break, breaking news guys. Nathan now knows how old his youngest daughter is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been eight years since I've had a full-time job. And, mm -hmm. uh, I've always come up with reasons and excuses for why I, I couldn't get out there and get one. And my children being the biggest one, like somebody needs to stay home. Now we, now we will set this aside just for those of you listening and don't know the whole story real quick. We'll just say this ultimately the decision for Nathan to become a stay at home father was a very good sound financial one. Basically the money he was making would have completely gone to daycare. So it made more sense to be a stay-at-home parent than to continuously work at a less fulfilling job Yeah, for the amount of money to just immediately go into somebody else's pocket when that relationship could be built. So was, fast forward to where we are now. Yeah. Okay. So fast forward to where we are now. Um, now I'm at the stage of my life where it, it seems like it's foolish not to go out and, and earn an income. Uh, and so it seems that I have procured a job, although it's pretty unorthodox the way that it's happened. Uh, it's, you know, through a relationship that I have with a friend and I've already met with the real quick. Where did that relationship develop at church? I developed at church in a, in a, um, what was the class called growing growth track, growth track. 
uh, and growth tracks purposes to find your <laughs> growth tracks purpose. It's purpose is to help you find uh, where to serve in church, where where you can be a vessel of God to to those that that need you to to help. Um, so, anyways, uh, I, it wasn't. I I went up there and I met with the person that would be basically over me. Uh, it was not an official interview. It was just kind of like, let me show you around. And then it was, okay, once this hiring freeze is over, we want to bring you on. And so we're trusting my wife and I right now that in, you know, a a month or two, probably a month, uh, that by January, I will be fully employed again with a full-time job. It's a job that I've never done before, but I'm excited to learn how to do it and and there's a lot of opportunity for advancement with it. And the reason I'm saying all this is because of what I was talking about earlier about being scared of finding my purpose. Like I'm, I'm so, I've been so afraid over these past eight years of what my next job would be because I was so afraid that, you know, I'm, I'm 45 now, you know, so most people spend 20 years at a job before they retire. At this point, I'll be 65 in 20 years. And I'm just worried that I'm going to miss out on so much or I'm going to go a wrong direction. And so I'm, I'm very much trusting in God. I'm very much learning to pray and, and read my Bible again in the, in the manner of somebody who's seeking to hear what God has in store for them. Because I want to make sure that whatever this opportunity is, you know, should it come into fruition, should I actually be given a job with this company? I want to make sure that I am there doing the job that they've hired me to do, but also being the type of person that, that God can tell, can say well done to yeah. when, when I entered my last day. I think it's really interesting, you know, because again, we get, we get so caught up early in our lives about what we're going to do for work, you know, but Um, you know, one of your hesitations has been going back to work. But again, what I said earlier is, you know, one of the first commandments we had and we were given by God was to work. And it doesn't so much matter what that is. My grandfather worked as a mailman his entire career. He was, I think in, uh, he was a national guard reserve. And then he was a mailman after that. He was an awesome man. I would have loved to have worked by his side. Yeah. And there's people I've met in the past several years that I never knew growing up, but have worked with him and had nothing but good words to speak of him. And so we've talked about legacy before, and that's, and that's the kind of legacy I want, is where people that meet my son have nothing but good things to say about me. And I can't say that's truthful about what's, hap- what's happened in my life thus far, but that doesn't mean I can't change that from this point forward. And there, with all that being said, my grandfather retired, retired for a couple of years. And I was like, you know, I need to go back and work. I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you see that story a lot of times in older people where it's like, you know, you, you, we have this idea of retirement in this country, but you know, and, and I believe your dad's even done the same thing. He mm-hmm. was with AT&T retired and now he does part-time work for another company. And his, his, his reasoning for it just for a moment is so hilarious to, to me. And I believe my siblings in that he, that my mom does eBay yeah. like on the side and has for most of my life. And she, uh, you know, so she buys and sells stuff and they go to this mail store that's up the road from where they live. And one day my dad saw a sign that said help needed. <laughs> And so he was just like, well, I, I guess I could help if they right. really need it. You know, like he wasn't he wasn't saying, OK, I need to go find a job. Right. right. What should I do? But he's like, there's a need. I can feel it. How can I help? And I think that's and, and now my uncle and you don't even know this net, but my uncle is also going back to work after oh, being nice. retired for seven years. And, you know, that it's a part, part time job that's yeah. a day or two a week. You know, he can pick the days, that kind of thing. But it's like. You know, it's, I think that goes back to the way that God created us. God created us to be busy, not to just be busy, but to do work. 
He created us to help those in need, to do something that's needed to be done. Right. And I think that's a lot of times why you see men continuously do that. And then if you also look in uh, the Bible, you know, it says, I said earlier about, you know, a man joining his wife and the two becoming one. God called her a helper. He didn't say that she was less than. He didn't say that. He said God God gave man a helper, which is why we're supposed to be in this together, going forward, helping each other. And yeah, I just think, I think really that, that boils down to, we have a purpose in life and we search so hard to say, you know, oh, I should be doing this job or I should be doing that job. But later on in life, when we retire, yeah. a lot of times we don't care what it is we're doing. We just need to be needed. It's, and who did we interact with in the process of it? Yeah. And, and when we interacted with them, what were we presenting ourselves as? Right. Who were we in those moments? Yeah. Were we the ones that were constantly talking about the, the things that of the world that we appreciate? You know, the, the, the rock band that we like to listen to or the movie that we really enjoyed seeing or, you know, whatever the case may be. Or are we spreading wisdom, love, and joy? Yeah. You know, are we, are we speaking the truth? Are we speaking the truth? Yeah. Are we speaking Jesus? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Exactly. So let's go out and speak it. Let's do it, man. All right, guys. As always, we love y'all. We uh, look forward. And um, like I said previously, that Nathan doesn't even know this, but I think in the future we're going to probably do an episode on anxiety coming up and maybe even some depression and some of those different feelings that I brought up earlier that, uh, you know, when we, when we lose track of what our purpose is, we start to feel those things. Can we do those episodes from bed? (laughs) I don't want to get out of bed for that. Nope. You got to be in the podcast room. All right, guys. Love y'all. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can catch all of our new episodes. And please leave a review to help other people find our podcast.